1: Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub. This is a friendly local food hub. It's based in Bermondsey. It's run by our very own Kelly Webster of the Mill Lionesses, a very well-known Millwall fan. They do need supplies, dear listeners. Before we get into the show today, they have posted they need tinned meat, they need toiletries, they need soup, they need tinned fruit and veg. If you can help in any way, they are on Twitter, at Lions Food Hub. DM them, you can DM me at Achtong Millwall, and I will pass on any help and information that we can. Lions Food Hub at Lions Food Hub. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show.
2: You're listening to Achtong Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sounds.
1: Morning, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. This is the number one Millwall podcast. Tell me, dear listener, is your glass half full at the moment? Or is it half empty? Was yesterday's nil-nil draw a sign of the fundamental uselessness of Gary Rowe and his squad? Or was it a sign of a side with valid ambitions to look at six spots? Should we stick with the old heads? Or should we be back in the youth by now to answer these and many, many other questions that arise out of that goalless draw yesterday? A big welcome to Ryan Loftus. How did you see it yesterday, Ryan? Morning, Nick. I think
3: uh, we are going to be talking all day. I think I think you're, you're not going to be having a roast tonight. We're gonna, we've got many, many talking points, twists, turns, insights. Um, I think this might be a marathon pod for the listener. So we'll, we'll stretch it out over the week. I think an hour a day will will do it. We'll see. No, it's... it's uh, a nil nil against a bad side and i think many a millwall fan will have expected a result kind of absolutely, like that absolutely yeah well that's it really isn't it? we covered it <laughs>
1: We didn't even I, I inwardly when we started doing the show this is if we can get 20 minutes out of this we'd have done really really well um yeah i mean I, I i expected nothing else wickham in a in a funny way wickham wanderers i've never enjoyed watching wickham wanderers at all um they remind me of the late 80s w- wimbledon side but without the talent you know um they they, they kind of bring the that scuffling, scrappy—it's um, never a pleasure watching Wickham and Wanderers, led by the uh, the Buckinghamshire hillbilly, the Judas Priest man himself, Gareth Ainsworth, and just never, you just never look forward to it. I don't know how you you feel about Wickham but they're just one of these teams that I, my heart sinks when we have to play them Ryan and yesterday just matched up to it I mean there was there was nothing un, nothing I expected in yesterday's game um I wish I wish we could come up with some some insight or angle listeners but it was exactly what we what we saw is what we got and what we expected you know um the injuries are a problem aren't they I mean the players that could have unlocked that game yesterday Ryan, were, were not available to us largely
3: yeah I think I think, you know, on, on the first one of like playing Wickham, I think it's one of those where it's Mill have a really odd trait, and, you know, all, all Mill fans will know about it just the fact that we seem to match anyone's level. Like, we can be on a, a 10, 20 game unbeaten run, you put us up against a pub team, and we'll be acting the <laughs> same. And it's, it's such an odd one that we, we just always, when these bad teams, it was similar to the Birmingham game, but we managed to get a result where, They were dreadful, but we just said, okay, well, that's how you play football. It's like the players have never seen football before. (laughs) This must be how it's played. But Wickham were really poor. There are, I think, in the first 20 or so minutes, I could see immediately massive spaces they were leaving, passes just going completely wrong person. Like they're just completely out of their depth the players they've got but yeah they are you know we don't we don't take our chances and we don't really create our chances at all. And the injuries i think as you mentioned have a a big impact on that you know they rawit said he, he couldn't really turn to the bench and affect it i think you know they, that's true to an extent i think it'd be a good game for conor mahoney a bit of pace and delivery would have been all right but you know the, there's got to be stuff you could do on the by far the better players who could have done something but by the end I didn't even know where anyone was really playing. It was a bit of a free for all. But by the end of the game, which I thought wasn't well managed by Millwall, but you know, no, no, I agree. You, I said you take the point. I guess
1: I think that's how you have to look at it. And on, that, that that does feel like scant kind of compensation for watching what was a very very poor game, listeners. Yesterday, if you if you didn't watch it, lucky you, because it it was. Um, it was it was a tough view. Um, I have to laugh, Ryan. I have to laugh that Fred wears Michael Jordan's number twenty three shirt playing for Wickham Wanderers. I mean, if that, 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 I don't know why that amuses me so. Maybe because I'm watching the uh, the Netflix series on on the Chicago Bulls, and you know, you you're kind of comparing yourself with a an all time great and <laughs> with Fred Fred on your dimmer's shirt. You know, it just amused me in the moment. These are the kinds of small points that that you have to take away from from such a. A showing, listeners. I mean, there, there were some scrappy chances. I, I think if the ball had uh, felt a Jed on ten minutes, had was well saved by their goalkeeper. I thought. Um, I thought if that had gone in, then we might have had a different game on our hands. It wouldn't have been ever free flowing. You know, example of the beautiful game, but we would at least have had the lead like we had against Birmingham there, Ryan. But it was a decent save actually. I thought he, he did well to get something on it and put it. I think it went wide, didn't it? In the end, they were wide and high anyway.
3: Yeah, there was a couple chances that were decent for Millwall, you know, a couple of openings and just couldn't really do enough. It's 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 a bit repetitive with Mill, obviously I think the problems we've got are they just the same old problems because we haven't really addressed them. There's the lack of creating chances, the lack of someone putting their foot on the ball and unlocking a door or or finishing them off. You know, and it's it's cost us a lot of the games, you know, looking back at our now fifteen draws, I believe we're three off our record um haul for a draws in a season okay. we've got 20 games to go. Um but we're, you look at our draws, the majority of those would be games you look back and say, we probably could or should have won that. I yeah. know that's the picture of drawing, but they're not games that maybe other than the Norwich game, maybe one or two in there that we've been holding on or lucky to get a draw or lucky to get a point. You know, a lot of them have been wins. And this is just another one, really, that we didn't quite have enough. I don't know why players are, are tired, I guess. And and like you said, the injuries were a big miss. But I, I don't know. I wasn't sure with... Uh, the. The, the team selection, I think, had some questions. It looked strong on paper, but I think if you're playing Matt Smith, you have to have someone up alongside him. Yes, you do. Yeah. Win the knockdown. So I think it's, it's an odd one that you know Rowett's been our manager a long enough time now that you think you'd you'd know to put someone near Smith. I think there was an interview with him on um, News at Den in the week about you know his role as a kind of impact sub, but if he wants. And there was a line in there where he's saying you know I like playing as part of a front two where I can knock it down for someone and someone does a bit of like work with him and you know I think that's how you've got to operate with him but it was a it was a it was a very odd decision not to make that change I think I think keeping the back three or the back five as well the whole game was something that a lot of people kind of drew questions of I thought he should have probably changed it at half time because Wickham were really no threat whatsoever I think they had Ike Piazu just battling against George Evans all day and, and losing most of the time but yes he
1: did yeah I mean he's, he's a lot in looked like a lump the kind of player that you wouldn't want to play against but he wasn't you know he wasn't going to change things he was just a physical contest which fair play to George Evans who I thought was our man of the match yesterday Ryan I thought he did really well to contain that and still make some great passes as well he's a he looks like a real asset to the team
3: yeah I definitely agree with that I thought I thought he was not one of the only players to come out with any credit from the game because it's just one of those days, but he was he looked really good. And I think, unfortunately, didn't get to ask Rowett after the game because someone was nattering on with questions about the pitch and uh, <laughs> what his, his favourite drink was, and he used up all the time in the press conference. But um, <laughs> we, I was going to ask Rowett about George Evans. I think You won't name names, but you should name names when you make comments like that, Ryan. Right? I, I won't name names, but I read his report in the paper today and he used one line from Gary Rowett. Um, but <laughs> <And> then proceeded <laughs> to waste five minutes of a press conference asking him if he liked shouting at the ref. Oh um, my! God. George Evans has been a a really astute signing. I imagine we got him for relatively cheap against Derby, who you know is out of favour with anyway, and they they need a bit of cash anyway. But you know the versatility we've seen from him and the quality has been really impressive. And I think that was that was what stood out for me because yesterday. Obviously, he was playing on the left-hand side of the three, which we hadn't seen before, filling in for Cooper. Yeah. And Wickham had clearly identified him as a potential weakness. Don't battle with Hutch. Don't battle with Pierce. Go on this tall, skinny lad who really should be a midfield. Get our big guy on him and knock balls there. And he just dealt with them all day long. Obviously, he didn't win every header, but Pierce is there to cover up. And But he didn't give him anything. And I think he, he battled really physically, didn't give any fouls away. Didn't get booked, didn't do anything like that, and then the passes as well. You know, for Marlon's chance in the first half, yeah. where he switched it, dipped just over the the um, defender's head, and Marlon could cut inside. And then the one in the second half, the the volley, the volley that he kept flat across the ground is just superb. And I think he's a real asset. And I thought, you know, that was where I thought maybe you could, without making changes to the the lineup, you could just push him into midfield, get Tomo a bit further up, and see how that goes but then i don't know if you want to risk piercing in the back four but he looks like an astute signing i think you know all we need to do now is build a few more attacking options as well but he will be a, a decent sign in for us you know for for a decent time i think because he's, he's not he's not old he's not he's not super young but he's a good age to be playing regular championship football and you know a back three of him hutchinson and cooper looks looks very impressive
1: Yeah, or alternatively in midfield. I mean, you know, the midfield weren't super impressive yesterday, I thought, Ryan. I mean, I I don't like the the kind of um, online thing of hounding after Ben Thompson now. I think that links in with this classic... Millwall supporters thing that because he's one of our own he's got to play like I think it was compared with Iniesta well you know (laughs) there aren't many Iniestas in the game let alone you know coming through the Millwall system so he had a bad game I mean he had a chance to I think it was like a volley um, which he put over the bar it was a difficult chance in the first half but um, Wood's has his critics i'm I'm increasingly exasperated with ryan woods run how did you see his performance yesterday in that that game i i don't want to get on the the anti-woods train but it's becoming like a it's very tempting to do that i can't see the value of him at the moment
3: yeah i was i was struggling with that one a bit where i saw people kind of digging him out i wasn't too i was i wasn't really too sure where it came from he didn't have an amazing game but I didn't think he had a bad game at all. He did. No, he had a regular game. That's <laughs> yeah, the <he> problem. <laughs> just, yeah, but that's that's the thing. I think people expect more from him. And Mill just really didn't create at all. I think he played a good few forward balls, but it's just about runners. I think every time Millwall got around the Wickham box and we see it all the time, turn around, stop the ball, turn around and just go back again. And it's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's that's... Almost one of the problems with Woods is, and, you know, not the cliche of oh, he needs better players around him, but he can play a nice forward pass. But I think he gets labelled with this sideways passing because the attackers in front of him get to a box, turn around, and then just give it back to him. And at that point, all he's all the only option he's got is to to square the ball back across and, and keep possession. Yeah, and, and I think it's. A bit difficult. I think he does need to start pulling his weight a bit. I think he might be getting a bit frustrated with those ahead of him. And, you know, he is a, as I say, people call him a luxury player. And I think he is a luxury player and sometimes you don't need that. I think his kind of undroppable status isn't fantastic. I think every now and then he needs to kick up the arse. I think last season, just after we came back from, um, you know, lockdown, he got dropped for a couple of games after the Derby game and, and came back a lot better and I think yeah. Rowan maybe needs to dig him out and you know that's the, the point that we've got that he's not our player yet his contract isn't up in the summer as people thought you know it's not a guarantee he'll be here beyond the end of the season so to rely on him like an extreme example as well I think because your only other option is Williams and if I think if you have a midfield of Williams and Thompson that's not the best midfield so For
1: championship no
3: no I agree. but like, I think Thompson was particularly poor yesterday i understand what you mean with the piling in on him a line i mean i don't really i'm not a big fan of that on any player but thompson seems to be as as divisive as as brexit at the moment where uh, <laughs> you either think he's the future or you think he's he's um dreadful i think i sit closer to one side than the other i think he's he could he's a, a player to good to have around in the squad but yeah. you know if he's not start, starting option he needs games and he needs a run of games but I think you mentioned it before, where he just doesn't have that consistency where he can have a good couple games and then throw in an absolute stinker. And I know every every player's got the potential to do that, but yesterday was particularly poor, the the touches, some really wayward passes. But I think all throughout the game, there were so many times where Millwall players bumped into each other, passed it to where the teammate just was rather than where they yeah, moved. Just out of, out of touch. And like, yeah. just, it, it was such an odd, you know, they've obviously been playing a lot of football together and it's so odd I thought the, the way they were doing things I don't see many other teams getting in each other's way and bumping into each other and, and doing things like that it's a really odd trait that we've got and I wonder sometimes about our attacking approach I don't I don't know how rigid it is or I don't know how structured it is I don't know if it's the Mourinho style of coaching where you just say go out and attack but if you're taking that to put John Daddy Bodvarson and and Matt Smith, I think there's very limited ways that they can go and do that. So if you're relying on improvisation, it's not something we excel in. I
1: was reminded of the Perseverance rover on Mars with Matt Smith. Yes, he that that looked had more company on Mars than, than Matt Smith did up front. Um, I mean Mason Bennett, the the enigma, the the frustrating player, because you you know he's gonna. I wonder sometimes a bit like Ryan Woods in a way whether he's going to be cursed with this promising this this tag that there's a promising player in there they'll probably retire with it still being the promising player that never quite made it you know um he he shows moments and then he shows the complete opposite a moment later it's he's a frustrating player i, I don't know what to make of mason
3: yeah it was i think mason, mason was a really odd one yesterday because in the first half for the first 10 15 minutes he, he had the beating of jack grimmer the wickham right back complete Few times where he's just beating him for pace or, or turn him inside out. And like, he's a strong lad as well, Mason. And, you know, a couple of times where he shields off the defender and knocks it past him and, and gets in. And then with Scott Malone overlapping, you've got a decent threat there. And then he just completely fade after about 20 minutes, just completely fades out of the game. Yeah. And it's, it is, like I say, so frustrating where you've got a player who will, will start to get you off your seat or will start to go, hang on, we've got something here. And then just after that, just completely peter out. And it's, it is frustrating with him. I know fitness is an issue, and it's you know his first full season really playing for any side, so he has to get used to it. But and, and the injuries have been his his problem throughout his career, really. So I think it's just whether or not he will achieve what it looked like he could. You know, will be will yeah. be the question. A
1: couple of penalty shouts in the second half. One for us early. I, I, uh, Romeo um, crossed in from the the left, if memory serves, and nothing given. I think it might have hit a, a hand. I think but not nothing given there um so I, th- I was left with a sense that we could have had a penalty but didn't but then there was a really strong shout in my opinion ryan for the of all players uh, michael jordan number 23 on 69 minutes when fred ran into the box and i thought pierce caught him i thought we really dodged a bullet you no know, that that penalty not being given
3: yeah i think I've, from where I, was, I haven't actually seen it back but i think me, my immediate reaction was a penalty i don't think many people would have complained if it was given i don't know if that, how many highlights there were on i follow of the incident but you know because they were probably too busy showing a highlight of a, the a chocolate, <laughs> nick, nick taking notes from his male makeup line coming up again oh dear but no i thought i thought that one was was a stroke of luck i mean it would have been to say against her on a play would have been generous i think for them to get that but it just shows again Alex Pierce can be got at and he's uh hold your breath a little bit. I, I I was enjoying yesterday how it takes him five or six mini steps to sort his feet out at any one time before it's like getting. The, it's like the Titanic would take a long while to turn, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I, I mean I think our shouts were soft. I think there was there was the one with Mason Bennett when he got crossed yeah, yeah. in, he kind of got shoved from behind. They would have been soft, but I live in hope you know, when it comes to penalties. <laughs> Oh, I think we have to. I think as a Millwall fan, you're trained to because it's very rare. Well, well I say rare, we'll get one. Jed seems to be getting a, enough this year. I, I was, I was impressed by his dive. It would, uh, it had me sold. But then I yeah, did yeah. enjoy Rowan ranting at the ref when uh, Piazzi did the exact same thing ten minutes <laughs> later. He's he was not happy. It was not happy. Man, to absolutely screaming at the ref about consistency. You have to be consistent. You do. But, you do. You do. You know, you I do. Think I think it, yeah, decisions would have been a uh, would have been soft either way, but I think we did potentially dodge a bullet there. And it's interesting. I think Ralby said you know he, he thought it was the potential banana skin game. Which yes, it was, which it was. It nearly it, was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's a fair <clears> point. I think a lot of Millwall fans will recognise that in the fact that we can be on a good run and then you come up with a game and you look at it and go oh we've got this win in the bag you start feeling a bit confident and then they turn up and lose two or three no and it's I think we, we often do it against Barnsley I feel you know it's it's one of those with the draw It wasn't the most impressive I don't think you learned much about the squad and you didn't learn much about the character I think it just highlighted existing problems really
2: yeah
1: I mean a draw's a draw um we are whether you know it suits some to hear it out there in the internet we are still in touch with the the playoff race, um, you know, we are seven points off of the six, the crucial six spots. Bill Maffar sitting in six, play 31 with 49 points, and there we are in 11th position, dear listeners. With 42 points, we are just a couple of wins, effectively, away from being contenders. Um, I just worry, Ryan, that we, we, you know, you made the point earlier on, and I think it's a very good point about, the forward, the attack—if well, you want to use that general dis- description—never convinces for me. Well, we haven't convinced all season, and we've got fifteen games to go in, in this strange campaign. But I'm just not sure that um, we don't do anything with any great conviction. If if we play Matt Smith, he does need his sidekick in, well, probably Bradshaw, I'd imagine, or, or other alongside him. But we don't do that. And if we don't play uh, Smith, we probably won't score a goal anyway, whether we like it or not. You know, it's it's a it's a strange.
3: Dilemma to have the, the old cliche as well. With this season, you know anything can happen because it's unprecedented and very busy, and everything's swinging on a on a six or turning on a six at the moment. You know it's Cardiff putting together a great run, even ourselves yeah. put together a great run. And before we just looked out of it completely. I think these things do change quite quickly. I think I think it'll be a a season of if we can finish in the top ten, I think that's a, a good season. I think if you look back as well, when when we were in the championship, we normally I think the pattern is normally. Eighth or ninth, seventeenth relegated, you know, in three seasons, and I think that is the almost the exact pattern. That
1: could be a real nursery rhyme, couldn't it? <laughs> I like the wives of Henry VIII, you know, beheaded, <laughs> survived.
3: <laughs> I think that is pretty much the, the historical pattern normally. From, you know, it's gone wrong when it is when it's eight relegated. When you skip out that middle year, I think it's uh, that's when it goes particularly badly. But I think if we finish in the top ten you know two seasons in a row that's that's a really solid display and I think we've we've shown that we can overcome adversities you know this season a long a long winless run that we are managing to turn around and hopefully can can keep turn around it's an odd you look at our fixtures we seem to have quite a a kind run you know I don't know really what that is for it but it looks like a kind run anyway playing a few of the teams below us and around us but then we end the season with a lot of the top teams playing you know and even then, as the Millwall fan, you don't know if they're great opportunity to nick a one nil, or we're going to have to be holding on at that point. You don't really know where we're going to be at. So I think it's shaping up to be a good season. I think, or a decent season at least. And I think the or summer by Millwall standards. So I agree. Yeah, by Millwall standards, we're almost we're almost in the same place we were as ha- as when Harris was going into his third season, where we went right didn't end well that last season. But Harris has said there's going to be a clear out and the things are going to change. Let's see how it happens. And he did do a clear out, got a lot of new players in, and then it didn't really change. So hopefully this time round, you know, it's similar sort of messaging where we've just got to get through the season. Doesn't really matter where we finish. We'll have a bit of a clear out in the summer, get rid of some dead wood, let Raoult bring his own players. I imagine there'll be three or four or five more from Derby because that seems to be our recruitment policy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> then see where we go from there I think there's you know there's obvious places we need to address yes, but so unfortunately they're the glamour positions that cost a bit of money I mean there's a a young kid at, at AFC Wimbledon called Jack Radoni who is a, a, a nice lightweight number 10 nippy kind of pulling strings sort of player and you know in the shape they're in I feel like that's the sort of player Millwall would potentially traditionally gamble on for a, a little bit of cash you know I reckon if you bought them an extension to the toilets and their new ground maybe they'd <laughs> <laughs> i think it will be a matter of no we need to get we've spoken about before we need to get a bit smarter with our recruitment and maybe pick a few gems out of league one that others might not see coming and then a couple freebies as well but yeah i think i think yes yesterday's game was a very bit of our a, a season in a microcosm really you know we're not quite good enough to mix it with the top but we're we're not neither be- are we quite good enough to mix it
1: That's true. Take a little moment to listen to Michael Avery's review of yesterday's game. Then I'm going to come back after that with, to finish, I think, um, the, the internet comments. I'll be right back.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness.
2: You're listening to After Millwall. 0 0 at the den between Millwall and Wickham Wanderers. And that, dear listener, is the reason why I don't think that Millwall Football Club will be a top six side for quite some considerable time because we just, there are some teams who are just literally guaranteed three points normally and guaranteed to get the big gold differences uh, for, um, in the four columns, shall I say and Wickham are one of them. Now, they were awful, absolutely awful, but it weren't that they were awful in the same level that Birmingham are rubbish or, or Sheffield Wednesday are rubbish. Wickham do not have championship quality players, regardless of whether people say Fred's unplayable or anyone else they've got. There wasn't a single player out there today that I thought is a championship quality player for Wickham Wanderers. Mason Bennett, Marlon Romeo, Jed Wallace, the room these players are given is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and we've not scored. It's it's criminal. It's criminal really that we've not scored and we've not really done much neither. They had a couple of chances, be fair Wickham, but again, they did absolutely nothing and they did not know what they wanted to do. They were giving Millwall far too much space and we didn't exploit it. Jed, I don't know what your problem is, mate, but you can't get a simple yellow card through a blatant dive and then basically walk a tightrope for the rest of the game because you're throwing your toys out of the pram. It was a silly yellow car to get, and you seemed like you had the ump. I know he got frustrated. I know things weren't going his way, but you've got to knuckle down and put some put some effort in. I said to a few people 10-15 minutes into the first half that if we actually put a shift in and actually put the effort in and actually play to our strengths, we would win this 4-5-6-0. How it remained 0-0, nil, nil, I don't know, because... As I said, Wickham, there's just no calibre there. And if you can't beat teams without any calibre, don't even think about the top six. Come on, you Lions. Achtung, Mehlball.
1: Thank you to Michael. Uh, I'm just going to run a few of these comments from the net past us. Both, I think, um, Ryan. Um, Gary Rowett, I think you've touched on this. He said yesterday he felt that it would be a banana-skin game that undid us, but well, it nearly did um you know produce that that skid that uh the, the classic of, of, of kids cartoons the world over he wasn't disappointed we disappointed with the quality, but not disappointed with the point i think that's probably about as the best we can say after Yes, I love this comment here, Ryan, from Charlie MFC. A good point against a very dangerous opponent in high-flying Wickham. I do detect a touch of sarcasm in that post (laughs) there. I love that one, Charlie. (laughs) Um, Grumpy Grimace, I think, has been drinking the the Kool-Aid. He points out we're on an eight-game unbeaten run. 15th draw, 13th clean sheet. That's quite an achievement in this league. 13th clean sheet of the season. Um, with seven points from the playoffs, I think I've already had a touch of Kool Aid and a half fit yeah. squad. That's, that's all valid stuff, I think, Ryan.
3: Yeah, yeah that's. The thing. I think we have a we have a a want to put a negative spin on things sometimes, especially you know you're playing bottom of the league and you don't win, and it is it is a bit frustrating and a bit annoying. But you know, I think you can't really argue with eight games unbeaten. Another clean sheet is really good. You know, we've had three games in a week where you've got two decent results, and I think Carl Bates said after the game, I think he tweeted about it as well, saying you know. If you have swap this result and the red result, you'd you'd be happy, and it's you know you you do take that. I mean, obviously, it's it's to what extent can you judge that because you're not you're playing some rubbish teams, but points wise, you'd be happy with this run of uh, absolutely know, ten, points, 10 yeah. points from twelve from where we were a month or two ago. I think you look back when it was really rower out seemed to be getting to a few people, and people were not getting people were getting a bit tetchy and, and unhappy from from where we've turned it around i think you've got to be happy so you know it's, it's not all doom and gloom as as it has been of late but uh just just not quite the the excitement that you you hope for when you pay your teller for the eye follow absolutely absolutely ben anthony didn't
1: like marlon swapping shirts with fred who, no, who he says never wanted to play at the den again um things people get annoyed <laughs> I've never cease to fascinate me. <laughs> <laughs> I am intrigued. And I've seen yeah. other people, don't get me wrong. I think it's because Marlon Marlon is now the kind of um, the scapegoat of choice um, whenever anything doesn't work. It'd be brilliant if he scores a winning goal in a playoff final. We always loved him down there. But yeah, um, swapping shirts with Fred in itself, I mean, I, you don't know. They're, they're probably mates, listeners. You know, he can have yeah, a friendship. I think, with... I think
3: you have to remember that off the pitch. Football players have personalities and lives. (laughs) Lives. (laughs) I think they have friends. But I think think it was interesting. Fred actually kind of, I think after the game was all kind of wrapped up and all the players had gone off, I think he he actually limped his way over. It looked like he was carrying a knock or just tired legs after all of his running up and down the touchline and and not really doing much. But he he limped his way over to the tunnel and I think he was heading down to the middle dressing room to say hi to a few of the boys. So, you know, Although the fans may not like him I'm sure he was a, a I'm well sure he's a I'm sure. <laughs> people had people had a good chat with him you know he's
1: probably it's probably a decent bloke like you or me or anyone listening to the show you know you, have, you, you it's like people expect you to have like this kind of rigid cartoon style from, life
3: from what i remember as well it was his arse, his agent that was the arsehole.
1: Anyway, well, may, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, Fred, you know, I think he gave everything he had to give for us, but um, wasn't probably. It wasn't very much. It well, wasn't good enough. I mean, that, that's there's no. I wouldn't be good enough if I was on the pitch. Either. Oh dear! It was one or two others. We won't overdo this. Um George Evans for Grand Payne's a standout player. Woods, he says, rightly gets stick at times, but Mason Bennett seems to escape another shocking performance without too much online comment for for Graham Payne. I think we've we've touched on on Mason already and last one before we close out David Duffett I think captures everything the whole like the life of universe and everything of Millwall in one sentence David Duffett says I think our expectations as fans sometimes exceeds the size and financial strength of our club I think you've got it there, you've nailed it, David. In a sentence, that is the uh, the, the is it mill Mil fandom in a nutshell, Ryan, isn't
3: it? Yeah, I th- almost football fandom in a nutshell as well. But in these <laughs> times, I think, especially, oh, I think we're we are always punching above our weight, and it has to be remembered. But you know, when you're playing Wickham, I don't think you can play that card. <laughs> no, true, just as a total tangent, and I'm going to spring this on,
1: Ryan. I'm just out of nowhere. I was just reading my Sunday Mirror before um you know before we started recording the show and in amongst all the news of kim kardashian divorcing kanye west and and harry <laughs> and megan and um all, all the others there was a report on the uh the, the, the anti-covid jab campaign and there's a the government are an undertaking and you know I'm, I'm not gonna um you can take anything that, that politicians have a pinch of salt but there seems to be we're on course now for the over 50s generally i think is every adult in the country are being offered a jab by july i think certainly the bulk of the country have been vaccinated by uh may <clears throat> now that may not be good in time to save this season in terms of um returning crowds but i'd imagine ryan I'd, i know you, you have no insight into it any more than i do but It'd be lovely to start to see crowds coming back, if not this season, certainly in time for August, and a a proper restart of a proper season again, won't it?
3: Yeah, it'd be be nice if it kicked off a new season. You know, not saying you don't want fans in as soon as possible, but it'd be nice if it potentially kicks off a new season. You can, you know, maybe sweep this one under the rug a bit, and it can stand out as a bit of anomaly in the history books of a season that had no fans in it and all kind of moved back to normality. But it is, I think, with every game now, you you notice and you. It, it really does frustrate that fans aren't allowed at stadium yeah, It was a lovely yeah. sunny day yesterday. And, you know, the first one of the year, really, where it's a really lovely day. You don't really have to worry about bringing your jacket that people could come down. And it is. it really does grind, I think, with anyone who enjoys football. Like, you know, we spoke before about watching it on the telly. Just, it just does feel sterile. And, you know, you, you hope that we're moving away. You know, you said just before we came on, it's a year... Almost to the day since your last home Millwall game. Yeah, that's right. This week, yeah, it's insane. You know, if if someone had told you a couple of years ago that you'd go spend a year without going to something, I think I think the listeners would uh, be confused as to where acting has gone. But (laughs) such an odds an odd world we're in, and and it's you know it's not necessarily on the horizon the end of it, but hopefully it's it's just past it, and and things can start going back to normal. It'd be great to have some fans back in and, and people to actually engage and enjoy themselves at a football match with a few pints and catching up with people, you know, so that's really what it's about.
1: Well, just to reignite the football scene, and obviously we're a Millwall show and that's that's our, um, you know, our, our, our world revolve, you know, the world we revolve around, but, you know, this week I think the National League's South and North divisions voted to end their season because it's just unviable, it isn't viable for them to continue. Um, it probably isn't really all that viable for many other clubs, you know, from League Two, League One, and League and National League to continue. So, everyone's looking forward to getting back to some degree of normality. I mean, I, I just think it's. You know, we we love this sport. We love sport generally, we love football especially. But the club the, the the industry will need supporting going forwards. I think get off your ass and go and watch a game is my message to anyone really. I know we follow the lions and that's 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 our, our main priority. But there are many, many other smaller clubs that will depend on income coming back as fast as possible. I wonder some... I hope a
3: lot of people do take that kind of to heart and like we say, with the people we're speaking to probably do and they go to games anyway, but more broadly you'd imagine you'd hope that if anything comes from this like terrible year, that people are a bit more active, you know, whatever it is, really, you like, but especially in a football sense, like, you say, going to local clubs or going to Millwall yeah, and, yeah. and down there and, and looking past the football, because I think you speak to anyone what they miss about going to Millwall who can't go. No one will say, "Oh, it's the fact that I get to go to the den to watch the game live." Very few will say that. It's the fact that you get to go with your friends and have a catch-up and have a chat and a a pint and it's that's what it's about you know so hopefully people can take that to heart and and look beyond the sport and see the social side of it
1: yeah i mean i know a good few um of our listeners follow fisher in bermondsey um and there's there's loads i mean wherever your local club is they they will need support because they've had um was it the song they've been in the desert with a horse with no name you know they've no one's had any money for a long time so um the the sport will need support anyway the end of my sunday morning sermon there dear listeners i want to say a big thank you to ryan for dragging out a really strong show from very unpromising stony ground there well done ryan thank you for coming on the show today mate
3: can be done if mill can go 90 minutes continuing to play like that (laughs) we can spend 45 talking about it
1: Oh dear oh, is one from me. Number 23, Fred on your Michael Jordan's air. Um big thank you to Ryan Loftus. <laughs> <laughs> that will never cease not to amuse me. we will be back in the week. We've got a, we've got a midweek trip. We'll be back on the mouse wheel on Tuesday night. We're away at Luton. Let's see what that brings forth. So until then, dear listeners, we are back in midweek. Big thank you for listening. Until then, I'm Ryan and myself, it's our dirty mill. Bye for now. You're doing. 8. Meelwal